Good evening and welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess Crystal and this evening I have the very great pleasure of chatting to an exceptional musician and his name is Riff from Riff Music. I saw Riff some time ago in Wagga, I do believe, and probably somewhere before that as well. And I was just struck by this gentleman's talent. And I'm sure that you will be quite impressed as well. Please welcome Riff. Hey, Riff, how are you going? Yes, I'm very good, Crystal. And yourself? I'm really, really well. I'm so excited to be speaking with you, Riff. I, uh, my husband and I, who well, he wasn't my husband then, but he is now. We first saw you down at Huskisson some, some time ago. And then on a whim on a road trip, we ran into you again in Wagga. And I was so pleased when we arrived in Wagga, we're looking for some live music and saw you. And I just think that you are one of those freaks of nature who the guitar is just an extension of. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) And I, I said to my husband at the time, the first time we saw you, this young man is going places and I can't wait to see what he does. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So what you're doing now is you're recording and doing an EP and travelling and bringing your music to all regional centres and some city centres as well. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that, Riff? Yes, for sure. So for the last year or so, I have been touring around northeast regional Victoria and south coastal Victoria and South Central Regional New South Wales and South Coastal New South Wales. So that's been going on for quite some time now. I've been very consistently booked. I was fortunate enough to have some time off in the early January holidays and just recently in mid-September. So, yeah, things are well and truly in line now and... I will be hitting Melbourne for the first time in January. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be performing at the Whole Lot of Love Bar in East Brunswick on Sunday 14th of January from 4 to 6 p.m. Oh, that is fantastic. I'll make sure that the interview is up well in advance for that booking. Now, something else I just remembered, we were actually at Cootamundra a few a few weeks ago uh, yeah. and, and we played the same time and I said to my husband, I am so annoyed that I didn't know you were here, like that you were there, because we could have caught up. Oh, yes, that would have been um, at the X Services Club on the Saturday night. Yes, it was, and we were at the uh, Albion. Oh, dang. <laughs> Yeah, about that? that's what I said. Yeah, but in any case, that's what happens and I'm sure that we're going to get to catch up with you at another venue soon. I certainly want to, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, now, Riff, uh, who and what was your, who or what was your earliest musical influence or inspiration? 
So my biggest influences from when I was first learning to play the guitar were Angus Young of ACDC, Eddie Van Halen of Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix, and Richie Blackmore of Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, I can see in your music when you play that you have a little bit of each of those within you. You have your own style most definitely, but I can see those influences come through. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes. Um, I've taken great inspiration from all of them, both for their guitar playing and for their performance. Yeah, I absolutely adored them. And yeah, I even went as far as getting a lot of their tablature books so I can learn to play their songs note for note. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fantastic. And and you do it so well, honestly. I've, I've very rarely seen anybody play and perform as well as you. Oh, I thank you very much, Crystal. Oh, honestly, honestly, you were just somebody that's uh, stuck in my mind, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. So how old were you when you started learning guitar riff? Because I'll tell you the truth, I thought that one day you'd just picked up that guitar and that was it. <laughs> so to, to hear that you've actually had to learn, you know, that's that's interesting. So how old were you so, and how did, how did that come about? I was 11 when I first started and basically how it all came around is a bit of a long story, but I will keep it short and sweet. My mother had proposed to me the idea of learning to play the guitar from when mm-hmm. I was about 10. At that moment in time, I kind of brushed it off thinking, yeah, okay, mum. However, it wasn't until a couple of months later that I watched the film School of Rock starring Jack Black ah, that I was finally yeah. inspired to start learning to play the guitar. And it was largely because most of the students in that film were 10 and I thought I could do this too. (laughs) Oh absolutely Uh, that's a great movie that one that's for sure. Oh it's one of my all-time favorites I lost count of how many times I've watched it. (laughs) I oh yeah I think that's fabulous and to inspire you in such a way I'm sure that Jack Black would love to know that you know that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah and uh so you've picked up the guitar or your mum bought you a guitar? So my mum bought me my first guitar for my 11th birthday. It was a Samex Stratocaster copy and we bought it from a place in Albury. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's essentially how I got my start in learning not only the guitar but music altogether. Yeah. Now, have you learned theory and that kind of thing or? So I studied music through university for about four years. I also had guitar lessons for that same period of time and I had singing lessons for my second last year of studying also. Oh, really? That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I I didn't mention that, that what a great singer you are as well. Thank you, Mosley. You're welcome. You're welcome. So is any of your family musical like your parents or cousins, for example, or is this just something that 
um, your mum wanted for you? Well, mum really just proposed the idea initially. Um, not many of my other immediate family is musical, musical. per se. Yep. No. No. Oh, well, you know what? Thank you, Mum, for what she did for you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mum, because she's brought a star into the world. <laughs> yeah, video. Um, yeah. So you started playing around that age and you've gone to university, you've done some musical theory and lessons during university. Yep. So, but when did you play either solo or in a band for the first time without mentioning you know band names and things how old were you then do you think so i formed one of my first bands in 2013 when i was studying music mm -hmm. and we were together from mid 2013 to early 2015 so um when i was studying music I found myself playing with two dear friends of mine. So mm -hmm. I played guitar, one friend played drums, one other friend uh, played the bass. So we did some performance platforms for our examinations and we went to call ourselves Stellar Echo. So we haven't really been active since early 2015, but mm -hmm. our YouTube and Facebook page are still active, featuring some videos and some originals and one cover. Well, you know what? I would love for you to give me, and I'm sure you already have given me those links because I'm going to put them in the description of this uh, of this uh, interview. Yeah. Uh, so everybody can check out, check that out and see, how, you know, how you got your start there. <laughs> so how did you find it the first time that you performed live? Wow, that is quite the story in itself. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. I really am very interested. So it was the first year that I started studying music and I had my very first live performance and it was at the Wangaratta Performing Arts Centre and I was only set to play just two songs. And the first mm -hmm. song that I went up to play when it was my turn to get up, I had noticed that the amplifier that I was appointed to use got misplaced. And I had absolutely no idea how to use this amplifier that was in its place. And mm -hmm. I didn't know yeah, how the standby switch worked and I didn't know how to change EQ settings. And mm -hmm. while I was trying to get that sorted out, I looked out into the crowd and noticed that there was almost a thousand people there. And oh my God. I'd never breathed so heavy in my entire life. I was so nervous. It was unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. But thankfully, I got down to the bottom of how to work the amplifier with some assistance. And I would say that the performance was... Okay, at best. <laughs> oh, look, I, I'm sure you're being very modest there, Rick. <laughs> I'm very sure you're being modest because of what I've seen of you, you just rip it up. So I couldn't imagine that you ne have never not ripped it up. <laughs> oh, thank you again. <laughs>
So, you know, I've been dying to ask you, yeah. uh, do you put many hours of, of practice in or do you, can you hear a song once and then copy it or is it a bit of a process? Well, that's a very good question. So to start with, when I was first learning the guitar and studying music, that was my prime in practice time. Mm -hmm. And as I kept getting more and more professional gigs on a weekendly basis, the practice side of things just dwindled away a bit. And I found that because I was playing a gig averaging between three or four hours, rarely five hours. Mm, oh, my goodness. Um, that would essentially be my practice. And yep. That's been the case for many of musicians over the course of time. In Buddy Rich was a bold example. Because he was playing music in New York every day, he had stopped practising because he was just playing all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In another case, um, Steve Howard, yes, had stopped practising altogether because he thought that he was just good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you kind of were practising at gigs and I've heard and uh, we do it ourselves. My husband said to me, you know, there's no better practice than getting up and just doing a gig. Just doing it and that's exactly yeah. it in the end because... Because you, you find out where you're lacking soon enough. <laughs> oh, big time. Like you just know in that situation. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, practice is absolutely essential whether yes. it's private or even if you're performing. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. I mean, don't use it, you lose it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, sorry we didn't um, answer the question. Can you hear a song once and then repeat it or do you have to, like, practice that song and go over it? But usually I can pick up a song by ear because that's something that I've found myself to be acquainted with as I kept getting more gigs and started learning new songs. Um, yeah. So I can learn it either by ear or I can read it via looking at the sheet music. Yeah, of course. I really like that you can read sheet music. <laughs> I can too, but a lot of musicians can't. They'll read tabulature, but they cannot actually read sheet music. Yeah. Which is, in, which is very interesting. That's a common fallacy with us electric guitarists, especially lead guitarists. I mean, mm -hmm. I hear all sorts of jokes of, you know, people saying that lead guitarists yeah, get scared when a uh, lead sheet or a piece of sheet music is put in front of them. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's largely because the likes of, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits and Steve Howe himself, like, they were mostly self-taught and they couldn't read music. But yeah, right. because I studied music, that's where I learned to read music and so... It's pretty much a bit of a checkmate moment right there, really. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. And I think that's just an, another little feather in your cap and it also gives you a little bit more understanding of mm. chord structures and, you know, song structures and that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And with Frank Zappa as well. I mean, he 
is 100% self-taught. But the best thing about that, he learned how to not only read music, but to compose and transcribe and arrange. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's where I lord him as a massive influence right now because, yeah, he was an absolute genius, like not only with yeah, his music and his composing and arranging skills, but also his production skills. Yeah. So, yeah, like he was a massive influence on me. Yeah. And when I, oh, when, I love- when I was studying music too, so, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you, what was, when you went for your um, exam at university, yeah. do you remember what piece of music it was that you played? Uh, so are we talking about my first performance in 20? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about, yes. Yes. So the song that I played was Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Did you happen to sing that as well or? No. There was no singing. It's, it's, yeah. No, there were, um, from what I remember, there were three female vocalists singing it. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting, and I'm, I like that you can remember because I'd probably have a bit of a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> so we all know that you play a guitar. Now, please tell me all or tell us all about that double-necked, beautiful guitar that you have. Yes. Yeah, so that is quite the story in itself as well. So yep. that's the guitar that I predominantly play as a solo artist and the minute that I first saw it, I instantly fell in love with it. And I also saw it at the time, how many people around this area, Wangaratta, Northeast Regional Victoria, how many people do you see playing a double neck guitar? I have never seen one and I'm in Sydney. Mm. Yeah, so it's not often that you see something like that for a local live performance so i thought to myself why not exactly why not so what is the brand is it uh so an, i can't remember it's name. an ovations ovation that's it. yep yeah now does it have that um bowl back on it yes it does right how do you find that um I like think- is it comfortable to play opposed to like a strat I think it is very comfortable to play and the best thing about it is that it's very light because the electric twin neck guitars are really heavy. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. I find that guitar very comfortable to play and it was a lot smaller than I had expected it to be too, which was in. Oh, really? Yeah, because most acoustic guitars have a very big body, but this one has around the same size body as your usual hollow body electric. Yeah, right. right. So yeah, that was the most surprising thing about it. Now, tell me the logistics of that guitar. One set is six string. Is the other other part a bass area or is it more so, six strings? Or tell us about that. So the top neck is a 12 string and the bottom neck 12. is a six string. Oh, wow. I am so jealous right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like two in one, two for the price of one. 
Oh, wow. And, and I think you rock it. I've watched you and I think you rock it really well. Yeah, it proves to be very versatile. Yeah. So does she have a name? I haven't given it a name, to be honest. Oh, now. Yes. I She's know. a beauty, so, you know, yeah. you need to find her a name. Yes, I will find her a name eventually. <laughs> I'm not sure, not sure whether to call it, yeah, Hydra or something else like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's already that's already the name of one of Steve Vai's guitars, actually. So it is, not yes. that one. <laughs> you know, we're going to see Steve Vai on the fourth of November. <sighs> I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the day before, we're going to be in Wagga, so we're going to have to go from Wagga and shoot uh, for a gig and shoot straight back to see Steve on the Sunday. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> That's the only way to do things, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> so what other guitars do you have there? I think I remember you playing a white Strat. Would I be correct? Yes, I play a Fender Stratocaster as well. I still have that guitar to this day. And, yes, it's, a, it's an absolute beauty. Yeah, it is. You get some wicked tone out of it, that's for sure. Yes, very versatile. I can give a nice bell-like sound and mm -hmm. a very yeah, gritty electric sound too. Yeah. Now, do you set your guitars up yourself, Riff? I get them serviced uh, professionally on roughly a six-month basis. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, cool. And uh, do you have more than your Ovation and the Strat? Do you, are you a collector of guitars or, well, only a few do? Somewhat, yes, I am a bit of a collector. I also have a cherry red Gibson Les Paul Studio. Oh, And yep. I have a Gibson Holy V. Oh, wow. Yes, now that's a very unique guitar. It's made of mahogany, very light, has 24 frets and one red hot pickup. And I'll tell you oh, what, wow. it really produces a gritty tone. Wow. And do you use that guitar on your recordings? Yes, I do. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to listen closely when your EP comes out to um, see if I can pick it, oh, yeah. which I'm pretty sure I can. And you're also, Riff, one of those musicians, and I, I do say it about a lot of musicians, you can be outside of a building and hear the guitar player playing and you go, oh, that's Riff or that's so-and-so or that's so-and-so because you have your own unique voice. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. I guess it's yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to say that as well. So now you've got guitars. Do you have, uh, do you play any other instruments? I do play a few other instruments. So I play just about any stringed instrument like from the guitar, the bass, mandolin, mandola, bazooki. I also play percussion, a bit of drums, and just an incy-wincy inch of keyboard. Wow, that is fantastic. Very versatile gentleman you are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So at the moment you're doing a solo thing, and do you have any plans to uh, get a band together at all? So... I do have a plan to get a band together as far as 
by the time my album comes out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have yeah a lot of friends in which I studied music with and a few others that I've met in my travels. And, yeah, getting something together would be amazing. Well, I look forward to hearing about that riff. And actually, I'd in, I'll invite you right now when you get your band together in the future there, give me a call because we'll have you back on. Yes, why not? Yeah, I would absolutely love that. Now, your touring, I want to ask you a little bit about that. You mentioned all over uh, all over Victoria and some of New South Wales. Yeah. Any plans to come to Sydney at all? Once the work is lined up there, then by all means, I have all the plans in the world. <laughs> well, I w- once again, let me know because I'll promote you heavily on that and yeah, that'll be just fantastic. Yeah, I know a lot of people that would be interested to come and see you. Yes, I'd love to yeah, get some gigs in Sydney. I'd like to take the music as far as possible and for as long as possible. Absolutely. And do you think that's more uh, able, you're more able to do that as a solo artist there rather than with a band? Because that's a lot of people you've got to then try and organise, isn't it? You see, doing it as a solo artist, you can get it organised just about any time you wish. Exactly. You don't worry about. But when you're getting a band sorted, then that's something preferably that would need to be done like months upon months in advance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So any plans for that? Absolutely. Yeah, but probably a little bit in the future. In the meantime, everybody can enjoy seeing Riff, (laughs) you know, and, you know, I think you're a bandy within yourself actually. So you you mentioned you play lead guitar. Do you ever, now from memory, you play uh, rhythm and then lead at the same time more or less? Yeah. Correct. So basically from when I was learning music when I was studying music I learned that it was just as important to learn both rhythm and lead parts because learning a lead part is one thing but learning a rhythm part is another and I would argue that a rhythm guitarist is just as good as a lead guitarist because it's the rhythm guitarist that is adding body to that lead guitarist's time to shine absolutely absolutely they hold down the beat uh, hold down the rhythm i should say and uh, it's all as important as each other so therefore yeah yeah, like i believe that it's absolutely essential to learn both rhythm and lead yeah absolutely and i I think probably rhythm first because you can get get your teeth into lead playing and some people only want to do that and they have no other real they don't have the skill to be able to do rhythm as well yeah and i think that that's a little bit of a hole that you can fall into oh yes big time i mean even the greats such as eddie van halen and Jimi hendrix learned that it was just as important to do 
rhythm as it was lead. I mean, and in Jimi Hendrix's case, he was literally getting his teeth into it. <laughs> oh, he was too. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say he rips it, rip, when I say you rip it up, oh, he ripped it up and smashed it up too. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally, exactly. Uh, so now let's talk a little bit about uh, songs you've recorded and your album coming out. So... I know that you have a song called Maybe. Yes, I do. So when was that first recorded riff? So that was first recorded in April of 2021. Mm-hmm. So it was quite the while ago. That was the result of winning a local competition with the Indigo Shire. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. In Beechworth area. So, yeah, I had entered two songs at the time and thankfully at the time that I had put them forward, I was 24 Mm -hmm. and their age limit was up to 25. So I only just barely qualified. And so Mm -hmm. I went ahead and said, why not? And then I did it and... Surely enough, I won. That's so great. I love that. I won in, so my, it... I won in my specific age group anyway. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. And uh, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what Maybe is about? So Maybe is, again, I'll say it, quite the story in itself. <laughs> I love stories. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, so it's about building up your dreams and going on to achieve greatness. And the way that those dreams, according to the song, were built up was through good times and bad times and learning. Yeah, yeah. And who play, do you play all the instruments on this or... Only guitar and bass or just guitar and, so you know. I play all the instruments in that song. Fantastic. I love it. I knew you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we might pause just at this moment and I think we'll listen to Maybe.
created a star and now he's gone very far yes i know and lately i've been thinking about it and i never doubt it as a show Okay, well, Riff, I think that that song is just fantastic. Thank you very much for uh, allowing us to play it in your interview. I look no forward to more music coming from you. Now let's talk a little bit more about your album coming out. Ah, uh, yes. So how many songs are going to be on the album? So there's going to be nine. Nine songs, all originals written by you. All originals written by myself, yes. Yep. And are you going to play all the instruments on them or do you have some other musicians uh, helping along? So I am going to play all of the instruments on them, yes. That's fantastic. Nothing like doing it yourself, I think. Oh, yes, absolutely. And one key influence that I look to in that instance is Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. Mm -hmm. Yes, he played all the instruments on most of Tame Impala's work. So, yeah, and he also did that in his own home studio. Oh, wow, wow. Now, so where are you recording your album? Is it in your – do you have a home studio? Are you recording it there? So I do have a home studio in which I lay down some demos. Mm -hmm. But I mainly – go to Albury Sound Studios. Okay, cool, cool. That's how I get the tracks refined. Yeah. Um, that's also who I go through to get them Crystal Mastered. Right, right. Can you tell us a little bit about what Crystal Mastering means? So from what I gather, Crystal Mastering is what you do to get a track refined in order to be eligible to get airtime. Oh, excellent. Now, that's another very good question. Do you have, has any of your music been played on uh, radio stations? Yes, my music has been played on a local radio station here in Wangaratia. It's called Oak FM. Mm -hmm. And the channel station is 101. 
That is so cool. I love it. And were you present when they played it? Did you do an interview with them or did they just have the track? They just had the track alone. Okay. Well, they're missing out talking to you is all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, just hopefully one day I'll be back there again. Yeah, look, I definitely think you will be. And you know what? Why not go and knock on the door? You have nothing to lose. Absolutely. Yeah. So when do you think this album may be finished and out? So from what I gather, it's looking like it's going to be in early 2024. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, I know you're going to be on the road in January of 24. Uh, yeah. So hopefully you'll have it finished for, you know, it'll, you can launch it while you're travelling. Yes, that's something that I would really love to do. And one thing that I would really love to do also is to have an exclusive album launch event and that will be the time that I form a band. Right. I love that idea and I have no doubt at all that it's going to happen for you. Yes. No doubt at all because, you're, as I said, you're exceptionally talented. You have the drive and the will to get it done and I think that that proves it by you've already done this wonderful song, uh, Maybe, and you have this album of nine songs coming out. I think you're very driven and very passionate about your music and it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful yeah, thing. So some of the tracks on the album that's coming out, does the album have a name yet or just a, a knock-around so, name yet? So I will give a bit of a teaser. The name of the album is going to be Travel by the Waters. Oh, what a great, what a lovely name. So, there is a bit of a story Just behind that alone, I keep saying it, but I love saying it and I will keep saying it. Yeah. I love stories and you've got great ones, so hit us up. (laughs) So the album, in essence, is about finding connections that are beyond blood relations, albeit to a relative or to one's own nationality. When you set sail out into the ocean to follow the sun, the light, God, etc., You reach for new days forever onwards. You reach for endless possibilities. The world is your oyster. This, I truly feel, is what sets the tone, not only for my career moving forward, hence why after many years of careful thinking and soul searching and all the rest of that, all while sitting on a mountain of both finished and unfinished material, I've chosen both the songs and the title to be the main feature of that album, Travel by the Waters. Oh, and I, I can't wait for it to come out. The opening track as well is going to be named Travel by the Waters also. And what I was really thinking when I had laid out all of these ideas mm-hmm. was it's like what Space Oddity was to David Bowie. Yep. Or like what Salisbury Hill was to Peter Gabriel when he first went solo. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Bowie's case, like he was traveling through space. So that's where all of these different personas and all of these different types of music of his was really stemming from. Like 
that I feel with Space Oddity, that's yeah. what I think really set the tone for his career moving forward. Yeah. And in Peter Gabriel's case, he was referring to a spiritual experience in which he had had on the top of a hill mm -hmm. in was called Salisbury Hill. Yep. So he was ascending into space while still remaining grounded in a way. And that is what I truly feel sets the tone for him and his solo career moving forward also. So with Travel by the Waters, it's the same story, yeah. essentially, only it's told in a different way. Yeah. Well, in the riff way, which is, you know, fantastic as well, in my opinion. And look, travelling is something that is second nature to me. So I feel that it's totally appropriate to include the concept of travelling. And yeah. in our case, it's by the waters, any place, any time, and there's always a story to tell. Oh, you know what? I absolutely love that. Uh and I cannot wait for your album to be out. So as I, as I said, please let me know, Riff, and I'm sure you're going to have it all over your page, Riff Music, on Facebook. Yes. So I'm ex really, really excited and looking forward to that. Now, do you have a funny story from any gig that you've been at? Because you've, you've done many, many, many gigs. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be a funny story there somewhere. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So there was, there's multiple, but I'll name off at least one incident. So yeah. I won't name the venue or the people involved just for no. privacy purposes, <laughs> but here it goes. It was quite a ridiculously busy night and a lot of people were drinking and dancing around like crazy. Yeah. And I had my boss RC30 loop station pedal going with multiple loops of tracks that I had recorded on my guitar. Yeah. <clears throat> and I jumped off my guitar and moved on to the conga. And suddenly this man who was bulkering around the dance floor <laughs> had literally hurled himself into the stage area and had knocked the fold back and then in turn knocked the power supply for my loop station. Oh, no. And suddenly soon after everything stopped. <laughs> So the loops, the guitar, everything, it all oh. stopped. Oh, and I was off the guitar when this happened too. So there was no rebooting it for at least a few seconds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But were any of the instruments or any of your um, equipment damaged? Thankfully, no. Oh, thank goodness for that. Because, you know, our equipment, it costs, you know, a pretty penny. Absolutely, we're struggling musicians, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah. I don't think that the public kind of understands that um, our equipment costs as much as it does. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, I. Yeah, have you got another funny story? Because I know you've got stacks of them. Well, yeah, there was quite a few. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should tell this story or not because it may be deemed a bit rude. <laughs> just go for it and if it's if it's too rude i'll cut it yes okay so there's this one song in which i perform with the guitar over the back of my head yes so it was a mix between 
Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac and the last solo in Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. Mm -hmm. So when it got to the Dire Straits part that I call it, I put the guitar over the back of my head and I start doing all of this really technical guitar work. Yeah. And after the song finishes, I hear from a distance, eruption, eruption. And so I had <laughs> taken the guitar down from over my head and I jumped straight into the B section of Eruption by Van Halen. Right. And then only later to realise that whoever was yelling this out, he wasn't saying eruption at all. He was saying that he had an erection. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. That, <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that story. Oh, yeah. You must have gone, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. As soon as I realised it, I was just like, oh. <laughs> Well, I hope that uh, playing the uh, eruption song was <laughs> well received as well. <laughs> well, thankfully it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally love that. That's a great story. And yeah. isn't it isn't it wonderful as we go to all these different places and people are always different. They always behave kind of the same but different also. And yeah. um, it's just so fantastic to watch them, isn't it? Oh, yes, big time. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody uh, come up to you and go, oh, I can sing a song, let me do a song, man, or let me play your guitar? Oh, I've lost count of how many times that's happened. <laughs> yeah. And how do you handle it? Um. I simply just say, I'm sorry, I can't allow that. Oh, good on ya. You know, uh, these days, because of COVID, I use that, nah, man, you can't sing on my microphone, I, COVID. Yes. And well, people, people accept that, so. Well, yeah, if, if you say COVID, then people do generally accept that. But yep. another way that I could go about it is like this. I mean... You want to borrow my toothbrush too? <laughs> <laughs> because sharing a microphone is absolutely no different to sharing a toothbrush. Because oh, yuck, man. <laughs> you're picking up all of that plaque from when you're both using a toothbrush and singing into someone else's microphone. I mean, who knows what sort oh, of sulfur oh or bacteria could be on it. <laughs> You know what? You're you're really right there. Oh, mm. that's that's hilarious. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right then. Well, I feel as though I might let you go right now. And once again, I will uh, say to everybody: please have a look at the links in the description of this podcast because Riff will have all of his links there and also make sure you listen to Maybe, his beautiful song. Now, Riff, one thing I didn't ask you, can anybody purchase uh, Maybe, Maybe, or oh, Maybe on Spotify or one of those platforms? Yes, yeah, so the song is currently on Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes 
title, YouTube music, et cetera, et cetera. So that is the only track that I have available. Just at the today. moment, yep. But once this album is complete and ready to be put out there, then you'll be able to purchase eight more. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're going to get the links and keep updating for you because I really do feel you're somebody's uh, musician who's extremely <laughs> talented and special and, you know, I want to watch where your career goes. Oh, uh, yes. Know, because be I still fun. feel that you haven't hit the ceiling yet, mate. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I look forward to that, to your album coming out and talking to you another time and hopefully running into you at a town when we're doing gigs. That would be fantastic to catch up with you. And I know oh, my yes, husband would sure. love it as well. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Riff, well, I will let you go. Thank you again so very much. You take care and uh, we'll catch up again later. No worries at all. Thank you very much, Crystal. You're totally welcome and the pleasure's been all mine. Well, good night, Riff. Good night. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, you've been listening to me chatting with Riff from Riff Music. And as I said, you can catch up with him on Facebook and see all of his music. And he is really, really quite a talented gentleman. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess, Crystal. And until next week, when we have another fabulous guest, please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, stay awesome. And don't forget, stay tuned to this channel. Good night. Good night.